0: Hi everyone, I'm about to hop on with another mama for a beautiful story, but before I do so, I wanted to share some feedback I've had on some of the episodes. I think it will be really fun to have these little voice notes and and sharing what other women have shared in the community. I'd love to somehow create conversations on the podcast, not only through interviews, but also by sharing questions and comments and thoughts from women who have listened to the episodes. One of my goals with this podcast is to really create yeah, rich conversations. And I think for richness, uh, I I kind of think of like rich earth. Um, I'm learning a bit about compost and earth as I prepare for the gardening season and I think of all the different components that have to go into compost and into soil to make it um, make it very nourishing for anything that will grow from it. And so seeing this podcast as <clears throat> perhaps something that can nourish you and us and me, I'd like to include different people's um, thoughts and opinions on all the different subjects. I, I maintain curiosity and openness as some strong commitments that I have. And so some of the things that I've um, been told are um, that women are really looking for an in-between space, in between the, like, crazy free birth stories (laughs) or the free birth, something like the free birth society podcast that seems really way out there and between the stories of women who are, who think that their only options are staying within the system and the in between of that I would say is kind of uh, like the birth companion route where you still have someone with a lot of experience and wisdom in birth, attend your birth, but you're not in the system And sometimes that can look like eventually coming to a free birth, but seeing women's journeys to that decision is is really rich. And I do have a podcast episode coming out with Sheena Purcell that you will see soon where she shares how she did have a um, birth companion birth and then chose a midwifery um, approach her third time around. So that's an interesting story. Another thing that um, one friend shared was how they appreciate talking about the different terms from the episode about birth culture and the different terms that we're using, and she was saying how she sees in her community that many women use the term natural for their for their births, including births in hospital, um, that people kind of interchange the terms vaginal with natural and that it can sometimes feel a little bit irksome or a little bit like, oh, I don't know if that's really true. And um, that she really enjoyed kind of seeing how um, I was labeling and categorizing the different births. And so I I thought that my reply to her could be useful to um, many of us many of us listening because I and so here's here's what I replied I said I think natural is too vague natural to me means of nature and truly everything is of nature including all of the pharmaceuticals certainly they have been so meddled with by humans to exist in their synthetic state that to me they are far from their original state in nature but still natural occurring from nature and if we think that humans are of nature, then everything is natural. <laughs> so, um, okay, I'm just going to con- continue reading, and then I might expand afterwards. Uh, I think that's why the birth world likes to stick to the term physiological birth rather than natural birth. With this idea, we come to learn how the body works, how it was desi- and how it was designed to birth. This usually includes women needing darkness, safety not feeling observed, and not being interfered with. And I direct you to the book by Rachel Reed, uh, Reclaiming Birth as a Rite of Passage, to kind of dive into this. So using Pitocin in birth, I would not consider physiological, um, nor would I consider vaginal checks to be in respect of physiological birth. But then I just have a friend who had a beautiful home birth for her fourth baby. And after watching her birth video and hearing her story, um, and she did have vaginal checks and uh, a Pitocin shot after the birth. And I hope she comes on to to share her story. Uh, Watching the video, I would say it's pretty close to full field physiological birth. Uh, Just kind of the way she was moving through it and the way that she was really in her in her body, in the zone, and, you know, how baby came out beautifully. So, I don't know. But uh, there would still be interferences, I think, um, that one could label. So that being said, vaginal birth, home birth are other terms that we can use um, that could be more accurate, quote-unquote. A birth can be vaginal without being physiological. These terms can help us to understand and label different stories when we want to do some analysis. Now, here's the catch. Here's the catch, everyone. Most women are attached to certain terms. We can feel pride in beating the system, in birthing without help, in our bodies. Uh, So I was more referring to, like, the free birth, um unassisted birth terms. And a lot of that pride is good and healthy pride. The other side of that pride is guilt, blame, and a crushing feeling of failure when those titles are taken from us by others or when our birth doesn't get to be called one of these things. So we need to approach using the terms and categorizing births with caution and kindness and feeling where women are at. We can talk about birth the way we talk about birth, and that can be enough, only making suggestions to people who are open to hearing them, using the terms to help us, and not being a police about them and So what I was getting to in that point was say we 're in a conversation with a friend or we 're in a group of women, and someone says, "Oh, I had the most beautiful, natural birth in the hospital. my baby came out and I'm so glad I had a natural birth and they keep using this term and inside we're like irking and like, Oh, I don't think that was natural. If you were in the hospital, I think it's really important to choose wisely how we, um, how we approach this, notice our own inner, inner battle with this, you know, like it, it's like, a it's like we're being poked with something and some of us are more sensitive to it than others I am someone who is sensitive to this being a perfectionist being a Virgo being someone who likes to dive in and be accurate and but it's I've seen other women who have modeled this for me of really just holding the space not being too bothered by it allowing the moment to be as it is allowing the woman to have her story the way she wants to tell it and label it And then sort of um, addressing the accuracy of using these terms in her own world, in the way that she speaks about her birth or other births, and and being really aware of the space and people that that she's around. And to me, in my body, that feels much better than coming out and policing people about about what they call their births. And really, what we label things is not that important. I think the biggest problem is that we think we attach our self-worth. We attach our worth as as mothers um, our, to ourselves and to others based on how we can label births. And we have to try to, like, that whole part we have to get away from. And if we can get away from that, then we can easily, accurately you know, call different births the way that they are and no one will have any big feelings about it or feel attacked about it. And so I think that that is kind of a place that I want to get to and something that I even have to be careful about when I'm talking about um, my free birth. (laughs) For example, if I say I'm a free birthing mom, then I feel sometimes I'm like elevating or myself uh, using that term. And so I'm trying to figure out how to navigate that because um, having gone through the process of an unassisted pregnancy and an unassisted birth has really taught me a lot and, and does kind of, if I tell women that I've been through that, then they can understand what journey I've been through. So the label informs them in a certain way. At the same time, I don't want to use that term as like, I did this, therefore, you know, I'm better than everyone else. (laughs) That's not true. It's so not true. You know, um, I see and know many women who have gone through incredible experiences, both good and bad um, in the system and who have had to do so much work in healing them and resolving them afterwards that that all that work is inner work you know is is just as much if not more as what I did in my unassisted pregnancy and also I mean I was lucky to have health to have to not be um, older which brings in other factors of people you know saying certain things or the system whatever uh, I birthed a healthy baby. I've already had babies. So there's a lot of this backstory that we have to take into consideration. And yes, not elevating ourselves or or putting ourselves down or doing the same to other women and their stories based on how we label their birth. I would love to just be able to say, yep, this was a vaginal birth. This is what we learned from it. And that woman is Equally a hero is to any other woman. And this is the last part of the little text that I shared. The other important thing, yes, okay, I'm I'm a bit repeating myself, but we're going to say it anyway. The other important thing is not to pedestal or degrade any birth experience or woman for her choices. We often don't know the full story. Okay, this is what I was saying. We don't know um, what privileges she has. We don't know what luck she's had. We don't know what bad luck she's had. We don't know what trauma she's had. Um, We don't know where she feels safe. Um, We don't know what her intuition told her. I I once know of a mom. This was a story where she was planning a home birth with a third baby. And... At the last minute, she decided, nope, I think I'm going to go to the hospital. I I just feel like I really need to be in the hospital. And in the end, and I don't know all the details about the story, but the way she tells it was that something happened and the baby needed attention in the hospital, and she was very glad to be there. And I think that that is a beautiful example of just listening to your intuition. And so if she in herself had felt that she... Um, would be a failure if she went to the hospital or that she would be losing the label of a home birth Um, she might not have listened to her intuition and maybe something would have happened and so this is why I want to harp on supporting women listening to their inner guidance and that can lead us yes that can lead us to some difficult experiences but I think the most that we can do is, is, is learn and teach ourselves and model really being in tune with our own selves and listening to ourselves and not judging where we're going, what we're doing, and, and offering the same to others. Uh, we can hold the birth workers accountable for their actions and name what was good and bad and see and name the role of those in the community and popular culture on women's birthing experiences. And then also our own responsibility in the whole scheme of it. Call for greater responsibility, sensitivity, respect, and awareness of everyone involved. We are all learning. So this is kind of talking about like the birth traumas that that some women have experienced. Are those women less worthy? Did they do less inner work because they chose to be in the system and then experienced birth trauma? Absolutely not. What we need to name and hold accountable is uh the system the birth system as it exists in allopathic medical care, the protocols that are out of date and harming women and babies, and name what is uplifting and mothers and babies and bringing them to health, and name what is taking them away from health for a period of time because honestly. Some of these women who have really, really difficult hospital births, it um, allows them and pushes them to take a quantum leap to radical responsibility in their motherhood and to fierce mama, lion pride, uh, researching things really deeply and connecting even deeper into their intuition. And so I don't know if we can label those experiences, the traumatic ones, as good or bad. Yes, yes. There is incredible suffering, but if we can see that there is um, an incredible change that it can force upon a woman for the better, for her betterment of her relationship to her baby, for the betterment of her baby's health, of her own health in the long run, then who's to say it's a good or bad experience? Um, Now, that doesn't mean I think that... Exactly. I don't think it's also good (laughs) and that I wish it upon women. No. Uh, I think that we can that women can take that path without having trauma and that that is what I wish you know to not have to experience such deep suffering that some of these um, mama baby pairs and families experience Um, it's just to say you know not to like not yeah okay I'm kind of rambling here but I hope you get the point (laughs) if you have any thoughts let me know Lastly, this is the most important point. I want to keep honing, and I hope that it is my intention that in all the work I do, even as I talk about unassisted birth, wild pregnancy, as I criticize the system, that we hold this truth that all babies are incredibly brave for coming to Earth in the first place. All mothers and their support people are incredibly brave to undergo the journey, whether they chose it or not. Hey, some women don't choose to be pregnant. It comes to them. And that can be a big part of their story and why they choose um, the birth, why they make the birth choices that they make. And if you've ever walked with these women, you know the deep inner work that they're doing. And that is not something that I have had to do. So everyone's got their stories, everyone has their journey. Let's be careful to not pedestal or degrade any birth story. Hold it dear. Learn from everyone. And yes, label things accurately when, um, when appropriate. When appropriate. Okay. Love you all. Thank you for your feedback. One more thing that comes to mind, and this is a bit of a different subject, but I'm going to add this here and I might put it somewhere else because it's something I'd like to repeat, is the... One more thing that I'd like to add and I'm going to put it here and maybe put it, say it again somewhere else, is how we listen to the episodes and so part of the goal of sharing these episodes is one it might share it might show you that someone else went through something similar and they had a very similar experience and it can feel very validating that our experience um, was valid that all the emotions we felt was valid and and that because in our community or in our culture women's experiences are still not talked about very openly and the previous generation has a lot of trauma and in and in the way that they experienced women's issues and in how they were or were not able to talk about it and what people said to them and so I feel part of our generation's job is to break through that and to mend some of that. And so it can feel very validating to hear some of these stories. Another thing that could happen is that we hear a story and a woman went through something similar, but she had a very different experience. And then we feel like our experience was is not validated. Um, it can be really hard sometimes to hear that someone went through something similar and and it either it wasn't a problem for them or it went it went beautifully went swimmingly, whereas we had a, a very difficult experience and uh, I have this in my own life I find that my postpartum experiences were really hard because I didn't have much help and support although i I did in in some ways. I did have more than what a lot of women have, um, but could have used a lot more. And there were some relationships um, that were difficult, I guess you could say, that, that made my postpartum experiences difficult or, or in the way that I internally experienced them. Anyway, just to say that we all have things that we're going to hear someone else's story and we're going to be like, man, I wish I had that and I didn't have that. And, um, someone actually reached out to me about this and is going to be coming on soon in April to share a story of miscarriage, um, a story of loss of a pregnancy. And it's going to be a very beautiful, deep story. And compared to Alisa's story where she shares how her loss was one of the most beautiful births out of her four births um, and a really empowering experience for her the contrast i think of the two stories is is going to be something quite beautiful quite significant and all of the experiences are valid and that is something that i kind of want to bring in and this goes into the idea of richness of sharing all the aspects the whole rainbow of the of what a woman can feel and what families and babies go through in this spectrum of pregnancy birth postpartum and and women's women's health really and Yes, and what did I want to say? Yeah, another thing might be that we might hear a story and think, wow, that's really woo. That's really far out there. Some of these women are crazy. I am not that natural. I am not that hippie. I am not that in tune with my intuition. And I'll say two things to that. One, that may be true, and that can be totally okay if that's where you're at and you're happy with that. If below those statements, there is a feeling of yearning, and longing, feel into that, you know, feel into that, dive into that and and don't be afraid, don't hold yourself back from um, being that connected, uh, being that embodied, if that's what you want. Some women don't want that, and don't yearn for it and live very happy, fulfilled lives without it, and that is fine, that's amazing. And if below those statements there is a yearning, a longing, longing, you are completely worthy of diving into that and feeling all of that connection to your intuition, sense of knowing that comes from within and connection to your body. Okay, I think that's absolutely it now. Have a beautiful day.